It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick thrilled with everybody we put on the radio this week and it only gets better today so we are rolling we are thrilled to have you and thanks for being here brought to you by pts all these march tavern promotions are alive and well the vgk the golden Knights special edition true reward cards are out they're out while supplies last you got to pick it up they have hockey and hoop specials from the classic Nathan hot dog to the Southwest chicken egg rolls, which I love, and my favorite, the crispy buffalo shrimp, all at all the locations, PTs, the best happy hour in town. And they're gearing up for St. Patrick's Day, Wednesday, March 17th only, all taverns, including Sean Patrick's $6 beer and shot specials, PTs, they fuel the monologue. All right, big show today. We've talked to the leaders of the Vegas community, some of them this week. We had on Chris Powell, who's the president of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. He was pretty emotional about the limited fans that they have and how he'd like everybody to get in line and get this thing right. We also had on the owner of the Golden Knights, Bill Foley. He was tremendous, as he talked about and said to us exclusively that he believes that he'll be sold out. He hopes to be sold out for the Golden Knights for the playoffs. They're definitely a playoff team. They're a Stanley Cup front runner, and the owner thinks that they'll be able to sell it out by the playoffs, which is great news. And then today, we have one of the most connected guys I've ever met in Vegas, the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, Don Logan, who's the president of the Aviators, the AAA team, as they got pushed back a month. And he knows everybody. So we'll get his opinion on what's happening in this marketplace in Vegas and how we're going to get butts in the seats and how we're going to be able to interact and see each other again. Very important radio interviews throughout my career to talk to these gentlemen and to continue this conversation, which tends to be my focus for the month of March as we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of COVID shutting down sports with these tournament basketball games who are here in town now at the Orleans Arena, the tournament games that are here without any fans. So this is a one-year unfortunate anniversary, but hopefully there's good news on the other side. The other big story is Mike Mayock met with the media yesterday. And Mike covered pretty much everything. I thought the media was outstanding yesterday. I talked to a couple of people about that. The media on the Zoom call has come a long way. The questions were hard. They pressed Mike Mayock on a number of topics. And Mike Mayock answered all of it, and talked about what's going to happen with the Raiders going forward. To me, I listened to it again today to prep for the show, and a couple of things jumped out at me listening the second time around. Paul Gutierrez joined us yesterday, and he brought it up right out of the gate that he thinks that Mike Mayock put Trent Brown on notice, that he's got to get in shape, he's got to be here, and that's really important because I don't believe that Trent Brown, in theory, deserves to be back. I don't think he gave his heart and soul to the Raiders this last year because I know guys who did, including Jim Otto and Lincoln Kennedy. And I recently interviewed Art Shell, and I was the MC at the Gene Upshaw 
Hall of Fame golf tournament after Gene passed away, and I heard stories about Gene Upshaw. So I can't put Trent Brown in that conversation with those gentlemen I just mentioned. Now, did he get COVID? Yes. Did he have medical issues? Yes. Was he in shape? I don't think so. Did he play great? He played great in the Kansas City game on the road there. So I think this is a strong topic for the Raider Nation to bring up with the reports that Gabe Jackson is going to be gone and Trent Brown could be gone, traded or or coming back. And whatever happens there, then now the Raiders got a big problem on their hands. If they don't have Gabe Jackson and if they don't have Trent Brown, who the hell is going to replace those guys? Gabe's one of the best guards in the sport. If financially the Raiders need to let him go for economic reasons, they got to do it. And then secondly, when it comes to Trent Brown, if they decide to not bring him back, I think we'd all understand why. Earlier today, Ian Rappaport on the update on Trent Brown and where he believes he stands in Las Vegas going forward. Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders need some cap space, and it's pretty clear Trent Brown, for all the potential he has as a Las Vegas Raider, they, they just wanted him to be available more. He's doing a huge number next year, $14 million. And my understanding is they've had a pretty extensive trade talks about potentially dealing Trent Brown. Would be curious to see if a team would take on that contract, especially in a tough year, potentially a reworking situation there. From what I am told, the Raiders are not expected to cut him. So either he will likely be on the offensive line for the Raiders in 2021 or on a new team. Stay tuned for if that happens. Now, you just heard Ian Rappaport on NFL Network talk about reworking Trent Brown's deal. And the breaking news today is Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers reworked his contract. He gets $14 million for this upcoming season, and the Steelers get $15 million in cap room. This is a big deal. When we talk about Roethlisberger, he was set to count $41.25 million against the cap before he altered the deal. NFL media reports that Roethlisberger will make a league minimum salary of $1.075 million with the rest of his compensation coming as a signing bonus. So all this is is the NFL's way of moving money around. I've always said this about Tom Brady. I'm one of the few who's ever pointed it out. Brady does this all the time, but what does he do? He pulls out a new signing bonus, and everybody forgets it. And then everybody reports like a chicken with their head cut off. Oh, Tom Brady took a discount. Oh, my God, he took a discount. Oh, man, can you believe this? No, he didn't. All he did was take money out and guaranteed. So he got new fresh cash, guaranteed money, and a signing bonus. And then they redo his contract, and it's lower against the cap, and everybody thinks that Tom Brady's this big hero. Well, that's what Roethlisberger just did. He just got money, guaranteed money, pulled out in a signing bonus on this new deal, and then he makes literally nothing, a little over a million bucks against the cap. All they did was move the money around. So now it's the job of the Raiders inside the Henderson facility to move money around and to find a way to get rid of players who don't deserve to be back or rework contracts. Who is at the top of the list other than Trent Brown in taking a pay cut? So historically, I stay out of this because I never played the game. I don't want to take another man or woman's money. You'll never come up to me and say, hey, man, JT took money out of my pocket. Never. I want you to make more money. I want you to do better. But when it comes to the NFL with none of these contracts being guaranteed and Trent Brown making all the money he's already made, I think the Raiders have to make a big decision on either trading him or how they're going to move on from him or rework the deal. 
and make it more cap friendly. And if Trent Brown believes he doesn't want to be here, let it be known. Trent's got an Instagram. He's got a Twitter. I follow him. Let it be known. He's starting to put up videos of him working out, which is good. He's a big guy who needs to be in shape. So workout videos for him are great. I got the new Peloton. I've been on the Peloton every day. I'm not posting videos with the brick on the Peloton because I'm not looking for a new contract because of my ability to get on the Peloton. But I'll tell you one guy who is, it's Trent Brown. You're going to give him a deal or not. So I thought Mike Mayock answered that. Was he vague? I don't think he was vague. I think he sent a message to Trent Brown. Get in shape and want to be here or we'll try to trade you. And with Ian Rappaport and what everybody's saying, did the Raiders lose leverage if Ian Rappaport's saying that the Raiders are trying to trade him? These are smart guys. Gruden and Mayock are smart guys. They know exactly who they want. But one thing I can tell you about interviewing Coach Gruden 18 times last year, only got to do it, is that Coach Gruden really gets pissed off when you're not available. That's it. If you're not available to Coach Gruden, you're gone. If you're not at practice, if you're in the training room when you should be on the field, if you're not available for games, just go kick rocks and get the hell out of here. Gruden's done with this. Gruden's done. Take it from me with guys who are not available. That's the mantra of John Gruden going forward. He, he, he believes everybody wants to be there. He, he brought the players in. He, he broke down Reggie McKenzie and Jack Del Rio's roster, which was an okay roster, got him to a 12-4 and four season because he wanted his own players. He wanted Gruden guys going forward as the, as the organization was moving to Vegas. So you saw some Clemson kids get drafted, Alabama kid and Josh Jacobs, character guys, work ethic guys, and his type of players. Some have worked out, some haven't. But that's what Mayock and Gruden are trying to do. They're trying to bring in their own guys who they can put their name on. And I think the Raiders were better than you, you thought last year. They just had gut punch, rip your heart out losses. And it was 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they were better than an 8-8 eight and eight team. But now a lot of friends that I know and Raider fans are wondering, is this team better than their 8-8 eight and eight season last year? Looking at their very quiet offseason, saying goodbye to Tyrell Williams, wondering what's going to happen to Trent Brown, looking around at Joyner who has to be let go because his contract is a mess. He's making way too much money, and he doesn't do much. Corey Littleton didn't live up to his contract and you're wondering who's going to be here, you start saying, well, unless they get better personnel here, how are they going to be better than 8-8? Eight and eight? And I believe it's going to be a trade to help the defense. I believe a little bit of it has to do, or a lot of it, with Gus Bradley and the new scheme and the coaching, being better on the defensive side with the new staff that was built up. And they got to bring in good players, man. they got to bring in better players and push some of the players who are going to be there. So as we play some of this Mike Mayock sound, you can start dialing right now, if you would, 702-365-9200, and let me know what your assessment of Mike Mayock is. Mike's a big boy. He's in the media. He's fantastic. Give me more of Mayock on television and radio. What a, what a great, great presence Mike Mayock is in front of the camera. And I think he's a grinder, and that's how he got the job. He's a workaholic who's been around personnel, former player, been around the draft, knows these young players, and got the job for that reason. Mike Mayock got the job because he deserved it. Lewis Riddick, former Raider, is about to be an executive at some point when he leaves Monday Night Football because he played and he's been in the media, and he'll deserve it. 
But Mike Mayock told us a lot yesterday, and I want to know what your big takeaway was. What'd you like or what didn't you like about it? Because he can't tamper. That's one of the things about Raider fans that it's really tough and why we love the Raider Nation. You're so hard on everybody. Man, you're so hard on everybody. You're hard as hell on Gruden. You go look at Facebook and you see that the Raiders post up the Mike Mayock interview and then you go down and you look at the comments and it's Raider this guy, Raider this guy. Everyone's got a Raider in front of their name. They have like a Raider shield as their logo and avatar and they're ripping their own team. I mean, they're shredding the GM or the coach. It's incredible. And I just kick it off to saying Raider fans are passionate. They want to win. They've been waiting way too long to win. They want to win now. And they're excited. But, man, you read some of the responses on some of the social media, you would think that these were fake Kansas City fans disguising themselves as Raider fans with Raider names coming on Raider social media sites and tearing down the coach and the GM. I watched what Mark Davis had to deal with in Oakland for years, standing right next to him. And you've even taken shots at me over the years. What the hell did I do? I didn't play. I don't play quarterback. I'm not the GM. I'm not the coach. I I work my ass off every day. And I got to get into someone's DMs from time to time. So with all this going on, you got a flagship station. You got the ability on a Thursday to tell me what you think of Mayock. And I don't know, probably be positive about it and, and say, hey, I hope Mike does this. I hope Mike gets this player. I hope Mike packages two, two picks and moves up and gets that player. But try to be constructive and also try to be productive in life. You don't want to wake up every day just upset and kicking tires and screaming about this team. I believe you're good enough to make the team better. Mayock from yesterday on Gruden, the ultimate recruiter when it comes to getting the players that he wants. I think the guy that has the most cachet is our head coach. And I get questions about John Gruden all the time by people all over the country. And uh, I think John has a special persona about him. I think Derek Carr has earned a lot of respect around this league from an awful lot of people. You know, I'm not critical of the Raiders on the J.J. Watt recruiting, but I would be critical on the team if they don't do a better job using Vegas and the stadium and no state taxes to recruit a little bit better. And Mayock was asked about recruiting and how Coach Gruden will be involved. I think uh, the fact that John Gruden is who he is, the city of Vegas is what it is, uh, it's kind of an interesting recruiting tool for us. You know, I'm a Vegas rah-rah guy, a Vegas rah-rah guy since the team came here because I lived here the whole time. Uh, Some people are amazed by that. They thought I lived in Oakland on 66 and Hagenberger. No, I lived in Vegas. And I respected Oakland and the team being in Oakland. I wish the team would have stayed in Oakland. But we chronicled the politics and what happened, and now they're in Vegas. And Vegas better be used as a recruiting tool. It must be if the team's going to be successful going forward. Mike Mayock was pressed on some issues, but he wanted to keep a lot of those topics in-house due to the calendar and where we stand. There's really nothing I can tell you at this point. Uh, You know, all the Raider business is going to stay with the Raiders. And when it comes time to announce a transaction, we will. Uh, I'm a big believer that all those things should be handled between the team and the player, and therefore I can't confirm or deny anything. Yeah, here's what worries me. I, I mean worried. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about the salary cap and how they get under it, which I know they're going to do. They always do it. Every team does it. The Raiders are going to do it. 
But then I don't know how much money they'll have in free agency going forward to get really good players. Mayock addressed that. I want us to be really solid. I want us to make good decisions both in free agency and the draft. You know, the free agency thing is different this year, and you guys talk about the salary cap all the time, I'm sure. If, if you go back two years and say, where was the cap going to be this coming season, the answer would have been plus, plus or minus $225 million. And we're looking at 180 today. Yeah, so that's what's happening. The money's going down. The cap's going down. We all understand what's happening with COVID, and that's going to have an effect on the business aspect of the team as they're going forward. Mike Mayock talked about the draft and the building blocks through the draft coming into this one. The reality is every team in the league is going through conversations like never before as far as what's the best composition of your locker room, uh, where do we have to make moves, how do we make those moves, and to me, it always just goes back to you got to be really good in the draft and you got to build your team through the draft. And as I told you, I'm always transparent with you. I told you that I'm off the draft in regards to me wanting to say, oh, my God, the draft means everything. I'm, I'm, I'm not done with it. I know, obviously, that the Raiders are going to have to draft and draft well. But I would rather see draft picks packaged to bring in players who can play. That's the only change that I've had since being in the building for every home and road game that I'd rather see players come in who have played in this league and I know who the players are and I know there's film on them and they can play instead of taking a shot on a second, third, fourth round pick that might not make the team or might not get on the field. And that's my big change here in the offseason. I've been talking about that with you for quite some time. Uh, I want to move, Bobby, let's go to 41 on Trent Brown here, on what Mayock said on Trent Brown. This was the soundbite that went viral that most of the NFL picked up on. Trent's whole thing is when he's, when he's healthy, in shape, and ready to go, he's as dominant as any tackle in football. And he proved that early in the 2019 season. Since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. So really what he needs to do, I think more than anything, is get himself in the best shape of his life and come out ready to prove that he is a dominant tackle in the National Football League. All right, so we'll save what he said on Derek Carr coming up here in a little bit. Uh, We have open lines. We should never have an open line on this show. This show's faster. It goes fast. It's fast. And we can get you on the radio and get you off the radio if you have an opinion. If you don't have an opinion to come on the air, you can go to Twitter at JT the Brick. A big show lined up today. Dying to hear from you. I'll be at the track uh, the rest of the week. I'm excited to go out there and see NASCAR. I love NASCAR. A lot of changes over at the track with social distancing. But I'll be out there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for a little bit. And looking forward to seeing some racing. It's one of the things I like here, along with a great day of golf coming up and the weather. How about the weather today? Let me double-check this weather here right now. 65 and sunny. A high of 73 degrees tomorrow. You wonder why we love living here? I mean, 73 degrees uh, tomorrow on Friday. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. 702-365-9200. Madro in Vegas. Start us off. What's happening? Hey, how you doing today, JT? Good, thanks. Uh, I got just a few quick ones. Number one, uh, I believe you're absolutely right that this is a much better team than an 8-8 team. Uh, It reminds me of the Raiders, and you'll remember this, in 1999. uh, Under Gruden, an 8-8 team. 
and then the next year, 12-4. and four. They had lost, I think, half of those eight losses were by less than a touchdown and several of them by less than a field goal. And that's how close this team is. Number two is no matter who we sign in free agency or draft, we've already made the number one free agent signing that we're going to have because it's going to make a huge difference, and that's Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to kick a dead horse, but the, you know our last coordinator of great excellence and those guys couldn't teach, and that's what coaching really is. And uh, Bradley's going to expect and demand a whole lot from these people and give them the method in which to achieve their uh, positions properly. And then this year is going to be also interesting, in fact, maybe more so than ever because of the cap failure, so to speak, and that it went down so much, is that we may not, in fact, I kind of hope we don't, get a huge, big splash kind of free agent. Because starting in the next couple days, there's going to be more reasonably good and good veterans cut by all 32 teams than probably ever in the history of the NFL. Which means the second and third week kind of play for the free agents is going to be like never before and that you're going to be able to get good quality proven veterans at a very reasonable price well i don't know about that i I don't know about that i I, i'm not looking for valued veterans a lot of raider fans are looking for great players great players and in order to get great players you got to pay the market price for that if not more. And I don't think the Raiders are in business now for overpaying for anybody. I don't think they can afford to do that, nor do they want to yeah. do that. But uh, they got to bring in a couple of free agents on defense. The draft won't work. Kids in college cannot play in the NFL. They just can't unless they're unique, brilliant, high draft players. It just takes too long in COVID with no practice and no OTAs and the ability to get on the field. So that's why I think some of the guys in the secondary or on the defensive line are going to have to come in ready to play and at least proven with some type of upside and have a connection to Gus Bradley. You made a great point when you started off your phone call. they got to have a connection to Gus Bradley through Seattle, through Jacksonville, through the Chargers where he knows certain players that have something in the tank and they could come in and fit into his system. And give me one of those, one or two of those players. Give me a starter and a backup who can mentor one of these players, and I think noticeably the defense will be better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. That's a well-thought-out call. I appreciate that. Well-thought-out call on what needs to be done. There's a fan who has ideas on what needs to be done, and that's all I'd like. I'd like to talk to. We have the best fans, the most emotional fans. I'd like to hear some. I'd like to hear some smart fans who have really smart ideas with the type of show we're trying to do here. You know, that's what we're doing. We get crazy. I go off the brink at times, but I like to bring it back and talk to people who have answers. That's why I'm, t- I'm putting on these guests this week with COVID and trying to figure out how they're going to get people in their stadiums and arenas because I want to hear people who have something smarter to say than I do. And that's not a long, you know, that's not hard to do. That's why I'm putting them on here. I could always count in Chris in West Oakland. What a tailgate legend he is. How are you, Chris? How you doing, my friend? Listen, all due respect to the last caller. Again, 
Gus Bradley better not be the Raiders' best free agent signing in the offseason. If you watch the playoffs and you watch some of the dominant defenses, I've said over and over, if you think the difference between the Tampa defense and the Raider defense is coaching, then do me a favor, don't call and talk football. This, Yeah, I hope Bradley works out. This team, he's not going to teach average and below average players to be great. We need guys that can go out and play football and turn it over. I don't want Richard Sherman. I don't want a guy that's over the hill that's a locker room guy. I want somebody to come in is going to make players around him better. That being said, JT, I don't understand the Gabe Jackson. Look, the offense was really, really good last year. You start cutting guys like Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown, now you're going to siphon money away that you need to help this pathetic defense because now you've got to be able to protect your quarterback and run the ball like John Gruden does. Look, you know me, JT. I'm as diehard as they come. Other than Raider Mort, I, 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 you know, good luck finding a Raider fan that's more knowledgeable and been to more games in a row than I have. That being said, I don't drink the Kool-Aid of everything they do. I don't like the way this offseason's starting. The offense was set. Now the Raiders have to find a starting guard and maybe a starting tackle, which, again, I don't want them to spend a dime on offense other than maybe to sign a guy like Aguilar or get another wide receiver. Everything this team needs to do between now and September needs to center on the defense. Again, I'll wait and see what happens. You know, you, you, don't, judge, you, know, you don't judge a book by the first page. However, I don't like the way the free agency period is starting because the first thing the Raiders have to do now is find somebody to protect their quarterback rather than go out and get a guy like Shaq Barrett, who, as you said the other day about J.J. Watt, I don't want a Watt. I want a guy like Shaq Barrett that's in his prime. I don't care about a locker room guy. I want a guy that's going to give me a dozen to 15 sacks next year, not a guy that's good in the locker room. Thanks for letting me rant, my brother. I'll talk to you soon. Great phone call, as always, from Chris. I agree with him. If you lose Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown, then you have to rebuild the offensive line and completely rebuild the defense. That's what I talked about in the opening of the broadcast is, are they better than the 8-8 eight eight team if they don't have Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown and they have to restock the defense? It's a fair assessment. Look, Trent Brown, it comes down to, does he deserve to be here? If he doesn't want to be here and he's not going to play at his ability, then I, I don't care if you're worried about a right tackle. He doesn't deserve to make this money. And with Gabe, it's a tremendous cap hit, and I wish that the contract was more conducive in keeping him. He's a really good player. He's been nothing but a great Raider. He would be tough to stomach losing. And the defense, as he said, Shaq Barrett would be nice. I just want to see I want to see a draft pick in the first round at 17 who can start at linebacker. And I want to see an edge rusher in free agency. What a job we're doing with Remy Martin, Remy Quantro. They want you to help set up your bar. And they have this amazing bar kit that we've been dealing with for the last couple of months. And all my friends that are rebuilding their bar, love it. Each kit makes up to 12 cocktails. And you can go to the best restaurants, SparrowandWolfLV.com. SparrowandWolfLV.com. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Johnson delivers. High fly deep to left, slicing into the corner, racing over his Hayward at the wall, and that one is gone. Down the left field line, Sky Bolt homers the opposite way for the second consecutive night. Aviators Radio, JT back with you. 
as we continue on. All week we've been talking to the biggest newsmakers in town, Bill Foley. Yesterday, Chris Powell over at the Speedway, and I am thrilled to welcome in the president of the Las Vegas Aviators, friend of the show for a long time, Don Logan. Don, I hope you're doing well. Thanks for making time for us. I appreciate it. No problem, Jay. Doing well. How are you? Really good. Uh, I was obviously disappointed that the AAA season was moved back a month. When you got the news, considering COVID numbers improving, were you surprised by that? Uh, honestly, no. I think, uh, you know, when you're dealing with Major League Baseball, I've learned through the years that there's a lot of, a lot of, lot can happen. Uh, you know, there was a rumor that that might happen a couple weeks ago, so it wasn't a complete surprise, no. What are you encouraged about going forward, knowing the timelines move back a bit, and you'll have an opportunity, hopefully, if everything goes right, to, I would think, get more fans to come out to the ballpark? Well, it's, you know, the bottom line is that we we know we're going to play this season. Uh, the, you know, the, the player development uh, folks within every organization, uh, one of the reasons that they wanted to play concurrent with the, the triple, with the major league season this year was that the, the the complex stuff last year didn't work. Guys weren't ready to compete at the big league level, taking batting practice or throwing bullpens doesn't prepare you to jump in with the lights on and, and face competent big league competition. So they're going to do that. They have to do that. Uh, another year with no development uh, isn't going to happen. There's too much at stake. You know, young players need to play. That's the only way they're going to get better. So uh, that's encouraging. And, you know, honestly, uh, for us, we lose 12 home games. That was the tough thing because we had, you know, we were front-loaded on our schedule. So it is uh, a little bit daunting there, but what are you going to do? We'll we'll pick it up and uh, make the most of it. Uh, I, the response has been phenomenal. Fans were clamoring for it when we announced the schedule. Uh, you can you can feel the energy again, kind of picking back up where we where we were last year heading into 2020 before the pandemic uh, uh, did what it did to the whole world. So it's, uh, it's encouraging. Don Logan joins us. Yeah, it's the best fan experience in baseball. I mean, at the AAA level, I put it at the major league level, when you have the ability to have this experience at the Las Vegas ballpark, see the quality of your roster, your staff, and how everybody just has a great time when they go. Uh, Don, I want to just get back to player development. I think that is really, really important. And what have you heard from the big league level when it comes to sending players down with injuries and bringing them back up again? For some of our listeners who don't understand the true concept of how valuable you are to your parent club on helping a team get to the playoffs, win a championship eventually. Well, it's, you know, typically at this level, you've got guys that are, uh, that have extensive major league experience who can step right in and compete at that level. They're, uh, you know, and, and typically you've got a, an outfielder or two, a couple of infielders. Uh, everybody in AAA has a competent big league uh, catch, a catcher that's got big league experience because catchers get beat up the most. Uh, you've got a couple starters, you've got a couple relievers. So, I mean, 10 of your 25-man roster are ready to go, major league experienced guys who can jump in and compete. Uh, the others are the developmental side. It's the younger guys that are learning how to play. Uh, Sean Murphy, a couple of years ago, you know, he mm-hmm. <clears throat> highly thought of prospect, uh, started great, and then, you know, 
Uh, they started spinning it on him, uh, breaking balls, off-speed stuff was getting to him, and you know, he made the adjustment, and he's now the everyday catcher in Oakland. And, you know, that's uh, learning how to play at this level is is what it's all about. And it's the whole level. It starts at, at A ball. You know, you've got rookie ball, which is now going to be in the complexes, and then you get low A, high A, double A, and triple A. Uh, nobody will accept this in the other sports, but our game's tougher than any of the others. It, it, it's way... From a physical standpoint, you know what some of the things that they, you know with the, the NFL guys, the NBA guys, the NHL guys—that they're they're phenomenal physically. Uh, Baseball is no different, but it's a it's a completely it's unique because there's so many different elements to it, and failure is such a big part of it. You you go you know you fail seven out of ten times and you're a great hitter. So the mental aspect I think is what makes baseball so difficult and so much more challenging, and why there has to be a longer incubation period in terms of getting a player ready to, to jump into the big leagues and, and be a competent contributor. So it's, uh, you know, player development is something that, you know, you're going to see it here with the Knights, with the Silver Knights, uh, you know, the, the NFL, you know, it's a whole different animal, but uh, college football, major college football, but I think college in general that does, has it's worked out very well that that just isn't going to work for baseball there's just not something the the jump from college to major league baseball is too too uh too far too vast they just can't happen yeah las vegas aviators president don logan kind enough to join us so i always like when we find out that a couple of big leaguers are in the ballpark las vegas ballpark taking batting practice in the offseason we saw chris bryant what do these major leaguers say when they talk to you when they come out of the cage and they're spraying home runs off the wall and hitting them out of the stadium? What's that experience like for them? No, I think uh, Chris is just a wonderful young man. Uh, you know, Vegas, he should be one of our spokespeople in terms of how how great a community this is when you can, uh, and obviously his mom and dad are the key to that, but he's such a, a great ambassador. He's such a nice young man. Father for the first time, uh, excited about that. He's working on building a house, uh, working on his golf game, you know. But he he loves coming out. He's he's just ecstatic that that is in his backyard, uh, right here in his hometown. Uh, and not just Chris Dexter Fowler. I, I would tell you of all the guys that come out, all the major league guys that come out regularly, nobody comes out as often and works as hard as Dexter. He's unbelievable. <laughs> You know, he's in the final year of his contract, so, and he's got traded the Angels. But even the last couple of years, Dex is always out there grinding. And, uh, you know, just tons of others. I mean, again, we're a baseball town. I think we've got 70-some guys in uh, affiliated baseball, professional baseball right now. And, and everybody, all the kids in town at some point in time came through. When the weather was good, they were inside or outside hitting on the field. The pitchers were always in the bullpen. Uh, the cages got used daily, so it's it's been great. The, the ballpark, that's what it's for. It's, it's, it's Las Vegas' ballpark. We're going to – this this whole – obviously, COVID's affected so many people so negatively and don't want to complain about that at all because we, we certainly are lucky. We uh, You know, what's what it's done to families and people who have lost loved ones, unconscionable to think about that. But that ballpark is going to be – high school games, legion games, tournaments, uh, college games. I think we're going to – CSN, I think we're still going to try to get them out uh, 
later in the month to play a couple of games uh, in their schedule. We, you know, UNLV is going to come out there and play. We're going to do, I can see the Pac-12 uh, tournament is going to end up being here, just like the basketball tournament. So the, the ballpark is for everybody, and you know, it's we want it to be that way, and it's going to be that way uh, once we put COVID in the rearview mirror. Don Logan as we wrap it up. So, Don, when we had Chris Powell on and I talked to Mr. Foley, Bill Foley, the other day, I could hear in their voice how important it is for them to stay on the CDC and county commissioners and the governor. It seems like your situation is more Major League Baseball with the calendar saying when when you can go. But then after that, are you going to have to be pushing the governor and the local authorities in town here on increasing attendance? How do you have that plan set up if it's going well and, and you continue to want to open up the ballpark more? You know, it's going to be a parallel path. You know, I, Chris and I are good friends, uh, have been for a long time, and I know he's disappointed but going to make the most out of the 15%. Uh, it, right now, from that perspective it's the southern nevada health district uh i think it's headed by a gentleman named fermin lagoon he's he is uh, we're going to submit a plan obviously obviously now not opening until may 6th we've got some more time to to what look at the numbers see what's going on but uh you know we are a business just like the the knights and the raiders and speedway and everybody else you know we need fans to make this work uh, certainly at the minor league baseball level, we really need fans. We don't have the big national media contracts. Uh, we don't have the ability to, uh, to you know, offset what we don't get in in-park revenues with other things. So we have to have that. And, you know, again, I think, uh, and hopefully this, again, it's bigger than baseball. It's bigger than sports. But uh, COVID looks like it's it's diminishing. I think people are going to relax. And it can't relax. Everybody's going to have to be uh, conscious of it going mm. forward masks i think are going to be something you know even though in texas you don't have to wear one you know masks things like that keeping your hands clean uh sanitizers all around our venues that's that's going to be the norm going forward but we got to get people back out and going to not just going to games they they we got to get back to going to life and i think once the majority of the people are vaccinated that want to be vaccinated i think that that really is going to give people comfort that going back out and eating and you know going to games going anywhere is going to make it uh, make them more comfortable and that's part of what we're you know we're, we're hoping for and we're going to be a, a you know a big part of that uh, hoping for everybody you know we want to we want to see t-mobile full of knights fans we want chris to get back to a hundred thousand people watching a race and can't wait for a legion you know that's the yeah that's that's probably the saddest story of all, to be honest with you. So I, I can't wait to, to go in and watch the silver and black uh, with Derek Carr at QB. There you go. Uh, with Gruden and Ole calling calling them, and the defense getting better, and good things are going to happen. I just got back this past week, and I took my son to a college tour at ASU in Tempe, and Kevin uh, Higgins left me too to see his son play Cade, and then. The day after the he, he hit a home run on the yeah. rooftop there. I've been, you know, I've known Cade since he played Little League with my kids. And, you know, I looked at the Wall of Fame there at ASU and I found Kevin's plaque with Barry Bonds, Sal Bando, Rick Monday, Reggie Jackson. And to see Cade Higgins then afterwards hit a bomb, it just shows you this community, youth baseball, from Summerlin all the way out to Henderson and the amount of customers that you have and fans. 
that all want their kids to play baseball. They all want their kids to go back to school. They want the camaraderie out on the diamond, and then on nights where they can play and they don't have a game, can head over to the ballpark and see the aviators play, Don. That's what we want, you know, and Cade's a great example. I don't think a lot of people would even know. You know, he played at Spring Valley High School. You know, Kevin is one of the best guys that's ever come through our organization played for the stars back in the nineties. Uh, he and Deb decided to make this their home. Uh, he is just a, a fantastic human being, obviously a great collegiate player played in the major leagues, uh, assistant coach out of UNLV right now. And, uh, you know, his son and, uh, you know, Anthony Marnell's son is going to go to Oregon state. Uh, there's kids that people don't even know about around time that, uh, Andre and Agassi and Steffi's uh, Graf's son is at USC. You know, baseball is a huge part of this community. They, and it's, you know, it's the, it just fits Vegas. Our weather fits the, the efforts that all the communities, uh, the county, the city, city of Henderson have put into building facilities. You know, it, it's a great baseball softball town, which is why we have so many great players. And yeah, I, I can't wait. Cade, the, uh, Kay's already got more power than his dad, which is I, I love busting Higgy up over that one because it, it's pretty funny. Hey, thanks, Don. I'm happy we could make this happen. Really pulling, and I can't wait Hi, to Dave. head over to the ballpark. Thank you for doing this. Hey, thank you. Good luck to you. Take care. You got it, Don Logan, the president of the Aviators. So we had the owner of the Golden Knights and the president of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I'm sure I could reach out at any time to Mark Bedane, the president of the Raiders, as we get closer to what the Raiders are doing after free agency in the draft and get an update when I'm in the building. Uh, Mark's always been kind with his time to come on, or Mark Davis. But it's important to me, and that's been a big goal this week, and it's nice to have these gentlemen agree to come on with me and talk about March and what March means to Vegas going forward. For those who are listening out of town on the Raiders app or if you're listening on Las Vegas Sports Network online, we've got a big streaming audience with this show on top of 920. This ballpark is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's in the district of the Red Rock Resort Casino. So you have a major casino property and feet away, you know, yards away, you go to the best ballpark in all of baseball, award-winning ballpark, and then you have downtown Summerlin. And the redevelopment and the development that's going on there is incredible. So that's the neighborhood I live in over here. And when I want to go to a ball game, which with my schedule, I work 7 to 10 every night. So I can only go on Friday or Saturday nights. Those are my two off nights. And my wife and I love to go to the yard because we see friends. We bump into people there. The weather is incredible. And the ballpark is gorgeous. And to think about the history of Las Vegas sports, which a lot of people tie to the running Rebels and basketball, you can tie it to whatever you want. We just had two new sports teams, professional teams, moved to town during a pandemic. The Raiders now are opening up with tours. The stadium, which I highly recommend if you're a PSL holder to get in the stadium and go on the tours. Raiders are over the top with their staff trying to make that experience incredible. If you get a chance to go in it, you have to wait because, you know, there's a lot of people that want to get in there. You'll see it. And then T-Mobile, I mean, what's a better experience than that? What is a better experience than going to T-Mobile for a hockey game? I've been going to hockey my whole life. There's nothing close to it. And then for minor league baseball, we have the best stadium in America, and it's sitting empty. These buildings are empty because of a pandemic, and you have people 
that complain or whine about a mask and what do we need to do? And, you know, just get, everybody who gets vaccinated, we're a tourist town. We need these tourists to come in and fill up these arenas and stadiums and ballparks because that's what we do out here. It's part of the entertainment value. And then when we talk about the concerts and the shows and what everybody else wants to do, then we need that to get going again. It's go time. So hopefully there are some great stories coming up here. But I'm going to remember this week throughout my entire career of putting this ge- these gentlemen on to talk about their experience with their teams and how they are fighting hard to keep their businesses open. Chris Powell is trying to keep that Las Vegas Motor Speedway going. They got two NASCAR races a year. And excuse my French, but they're getting their balls busted on this unbelievable footprint, giant piece of real estate, like they don't know what they're doing, and they can't bring people in and spread them out with masks on and let them watch a race with 75-degree weather. It's insanity. You can spread everybody out there, and they're being told, no, you can only have this many people. Bill Foley, who came on, the biggest soundbite we have of the entire week is when Bill Foley told me that he believes he'll be sold out. He hopes to be sold out for the start of the playoffs. When we know the Golden Knights are going into the playoffs, probably as the number one seed. It could be the difference between them winning the cup or not, having 100% capacity. So all this is going to be a big topic going forward. And then we got March Madness here with all the casino properties here on the Strip wanting to open up their ballrooms and wanting to open up their sports books and get bigger capacity so people can come in and bet and have food and drink and watch all these games which is tremendous also. Big hour. Thanks to Don Logan. Appreciate that. We'll get back to our Mike Mayock discussion. If you have an opinion on Mike Mayock and exactly what's going to happen going forward with the offseason with the silver and black, because it's a big offseason here. It's a huge offseason. And we're thrilled to welcome Bell Solar as our new sponsor. Wow, they're hiring. You'll be hearing a lot of spots. And me talking about Bell Solar, proud partner of the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. Obviously, I can't talk about anybody else's players, so I won't. I'll just talk about Derek, and I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told you guys the last couple of years, which is I think Derek Carr had his best year yet under John Gruden. Uh, I, I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and we couldn't be happier with him. Wow, Mike Mayock, that's a big statement for Derek Carr, but did we need to hear that? Doesn't everybody realize Carr is the quarterback of the Silver and Black? JT, back with you as we continue. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's, best pizza I ever had. Five locations in the Valley. Meet me at Grimaldi's to get the Brooklyn Bridge pizza. My conversation, a chunk of it, just on the Raiders. We'll play that with Peter King yesterday, if you didn't hear that. Also, Steve Phillips, former GM of the Mets, uh, just got back to Bobby. A baseball hit we'll do sometime next hour. And then the number one analyst for NASCAR on Fox, studio analyst Larry McReynolds, as NASCAR is in town. Derek Carr will be the Grand Marshal over at the track on Sunday for the big race. So that'll be a big moment for Derek. Whenever you say, gentlemen, start your engines and get that going with the flyover, it's going to be incredible. So I'll be out there on Sunday. Happy that Derek was asked, and he kindly accepted that opportunity, which will be a lot of fun there. And then that's about it. We come back and we get closer to NFL free agency right around the corner, and there will be a heavy dose 
a heavy dose of Raiders free agency. Uh, once the list is out there, we have an idea of what the Raiders' needs are, which we all do. It's clearly going to be an edge rusher, a linebacker, the draft free agency, maybe a receiver. Because if Trent Brown isn't here, if Gabe Jackson isn't here, and then we find out Nelson Aguilar left for a little bit more money, the Raiders are going to really have to land the draft and free agency. They're going to have to go big. And I think they'll be able to do that. We'll talk more about that. Big, next hour coming up here. Stick around. JT right here at JT the Brick on Twitter and Facebook.